Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sports. I am Nick, and Greg is with me as well. Today, we're just going to hit on the AFC North. Obviously, we have the Browns and Bengals that are in that division, so we're going to kind of talk about them a little bit and their competition within that division, the Steelers and the Ravens. And then if we have enough time towards the end of the episode, we are going to go a little bit deeper into the NIL guidelines that Ohio State put out compared to some of our bigger competitors, such as like Alabama, Clemson, and Michigan. And then as always, we'll end the episode with a sports report and then our double. Our first topic we're going to go over is the AFC North. And the first part of that, we are going to kind of give our opinions on the expectations for the Browns and Bengals there. Greg, what is your expectation? Obviously, the expectation for the Browns is, is pretty high. Uh, they made it to the division playoffs against the Chiefs last year. And, you know, considering all the chatter of, you know, what's going on with, with Baker and Odell being back and everything, the expectation seems to be that they're going to go even deeper, you know, possibly the AFC title game, even even Super Bowl. You know, everybody that you listen to on ESPN and their sports-affiliated sites are, are really saying that they're could be the top four contenders for that, that those particular spots. Uh, as far as the Bengals go, I don't think there's a lot of expectation. Uh, I think that everybody's hoping that Joe Burrow's healthy, he is kept off the grass, and that you know they make a, a decent run of themselves. Burrow's a good guy and could get some come from behind wins like we discussed last week. So uh, high for the, the Browns medium to low for the Bengals. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for the Bengals, my expectations is kind of similar. It's just let's keep let's keep Burrow healthy um, because he has a long career ahead of him, hopefully, and, and really good. So let's just keep him healthy. Let's get him going within that system. Let's keep Joe Mixon healthy, especially because I think if he's healthy and they get that run game going, that's going to be, you know, a, a pretty team there with Jamar Chase. And, and then I think hopefully they're right around that 500 mark but I, I i do think my main expectation is just for them to put together a few wins and, and keep their star players healthy for a season for me for the browns they have to make the playoffs i think that's a bare minimum i think with how good that team is on both sides of the ball and how good kevin stefanski is i think they at least have to make the playoffs i don't know if i would say that their season would be a failure if they don't make the super bowl because obviously last year was the first time they made the playoffs in I don't know how many years. But I think that obviously if they can kind of consistently make the playoffs and especially start making it deeper, I, I do think. Yeah, I mean, with Stefanski winning the NFL coach of the year, you know, that it just shows that that everybody knows the quality of work that he's putting out and the sky's the limit for what he could accomplish. I'm really looking forward to November 7th. Uh, that's when the Browns and the Bengals are going to play each other. So we'll mm -hmm. see really what happens that that game, depending on on where they're sitting, whether you know, yeah. it's going to the tra trajectory is going to go you know, right or left. Yeah, because they, they they both added some some pretty decent pieces on uh on defense there. I think the Bengals got better in the secondary. I think obviously the the Browns got a little bit better up front on the defense, and then obviously the Bengals upgraded a little bit at wide receiver with Jamar Chase. So. There's nothing saying that the Bengals can't really actually kind of be good this year, but kind of going back to the Browns, what is your, uh, what do you, what do you think their window is to win a championship? Do you think they have a, a multiple years or do you think it's going to be kind of a, a tight few years before 
other teams are kind of nipping on their heels there, especially in that division. Uh, I think the window is is pretty big. I, I think that with Maker coming coming about on this, you know, possible paycheck, um, the the lineup's definitely going to look a little different, especially when when guys start getting paid. Uh, the roster's going to have to look a little different with those players starting to get paid. But I, I hate to say it, but once you know players start getting that that money, they they could possibly feel like they they are better and bigger and they're getting deserving and you know sky's the limit with that i actually think um i think their window's pretty small because i think if they decide to pay baker i do think that they're going to have to kind of change that roster around a little bit next year because i i like baker as a quarterback i think that that he wants to win and i think he fits really well within that system but i just don't know if he's like if he's a guy that you can pay max money to, and then he can go out there and affect games in a way where he can win with less, you know what I mean? Like you look at somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, they, they, they can kind of, they can take that max money, you know, Russell Wilson types, and they can still go out there and put a good quality win together, even with, you know, maybe not as good as an offensive line or, or no first round wide receivers, stuff like that. Well, where do you I just don't know if he's that kind of a quarterback. I think he's more of like a, a system type quarterback, kind of like a, a Kirk Cousins type quarterback. Like he's good. Like he'll be able to put up numbers and he'll be able to get you wins in the regular season. But I just don't know when push comes to shove if he's going to be able to like win those really tough games where the rest of his team isn't able to play at a higher level than what he can play. Well, I mean, then I have two questions for you. Like if they're not going to pay him that money, then where should that money go? And we've he's shown baker that and the browns stefanski and and the whole team has shown that with that playoff game against the chiefs that well what the score final score is 22 17 is that correct to be fair Mahomes did get hurt like getting hurt that's apples to oranges he got hurt that's not his problem that's not the browns problem they still went that you know we would be having a different conversation if if they would the chiefs would have lost the Chiefs were on their way to win that game before it got hurt. The problem is, is what, who, like, was it Matt Schaub came in and he just couldn't move the ball. So, like, I mean, it's like you have a 40-year-old quarterback who really wasn't that good of a quarterback to begin with with an elite, and he couldn't move the ball against that Browns defense, which arguably was is a really good defense. I'm not saying that it's not. Wasn't, wasn't it Chad Henney, not Schaub? Yes, it was Chad Henney, sorry. Okay. But 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 similar similar quarterbacks, I mean, they had similar careers. They weren't really – you know what I mean? They were up and down. Um, and I get it. Listen, I'm not hating on Baker Mayfield. When he came out of the draft, I I even I said that within like a four-year time period before he got that paycheck, he would take them to the playoffs and he might even take them to a Super Bowl because he's just that he's just that determined. I don't think he's like the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, but his like bravado, his leadership, the way he goes out and plays. He's going to kind of galvanize guys and get them to play at a higher level. But I just don't know if he can elevate his play to that, that same level when, you know what I mean? If you have less talent around you eventually, you know what I mean? Cause they're not going to be able to, if they sign him to that big deal, they're not going to be able to keep, you know, two number one wide receivers. They're not going to be able to keep all their defensive talent on the field. I mean, they have Denzel Ward was going to want paid. They're obviously paying Miles Garrett. These kinds of things, like this all costs money. And when you're paying a quarterback who's taking up a third of your salary cap, then you have to start making cuts in place. 
and you have to start sacrificing and hope that that he can kind of make up for that. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to make up for that. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen it yet. This is just my opinion of the future of it. But I just don't know from what I've seen so far if he's really that guy that that works in Kevin Savansky's system because he could work in any system or he works in Kevin Savansky's system because he's just a really good play action kind of game manager quarterback like a Kirk Cousins, like a um, uh, who else, like Kurt Warner, like those kinds of guys. Like they're, they're good quarterbacks. Like Kurt Warner is a Hall of Famer, you know what I mean? But they're not like all world, all talent kind of quarterback. So do you think that it's Nick Chubb worth that money? Are they going to extend his contract? I do. I, I think, and, and the problem is too, is though, you know what I mean? Like I, I sit here and say like, I don't know if they should pay him, but I feel like they have to, because who else are they going to go out and get? You know what I mean? Like who's going to go in there? Who, who can they go pay to be that quarterback? You know what I mean? Obviously we sit here and <laughs> I mean, what Aaron Rodgers wants out, but <laughs> can you, can you put together a package to bring in Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't know. I mean, that would be a scary team. But, I mean, honestly, the Broncos are the only ones that can really put anything together somewhat decently yeah. that's going to get Rodgers out of there. Well, I mean, and maybe maybe the Packers want a veteran quarterback before they move on with Jordan Love. And not saying that Baker's a veteran quarterback, but he's a little bit more developed than probably where Jordan Love is right now. So you could tie ba- Baker in with a couple picks and maybe another player to bring in Aaron Rodgers for a couple years, like a two-year rental type thing. And then it really wouldn't mess with your cap too much there. But then you're kind of back at, at square one where you don't have a quarterback. And and I think honestly, what they're they're gonna they're gonna pay him because they <laughs> they've been without it like a starting caliber quarterback for so long that they're they're gonna pay him no matter what because they don't want to go through another what 20 year drought of trying to find yeah. a franchise guy. But I just don't know. Like I said, I feel like their championship window, if they're gonna do it, win one this year. Like they got to do it this year. Somehow they got to get past the Chiefs, and somehow they got to beat either the Buccaneers, the 49ers. I, th- I think those are the two kind of best teams over there in the um, in the NFC right now that are kind of championship bound, depending on who gets there. Because I I just don't I don't see Jameis leading the Saints. I don't see Russell Wilson getting over the hump because I think there's still some animosity there, and they really didn't do much to improve the team. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers again then I just don't see the Packers getting there unless Jordan Love is just all world. But Which that, that's, that be, he wasn't that guy in college and he's not going to be that guy in the NFL either. And I don't know why the Packers are putting all their eggs on hoping that Jordan Love becomes this megastar that yeah. just busts out and dominates the rest of the NFL. Because if he was that guy, he would have been that guy already and he's not. He sat yeah. for two seasons on on you know on the sidelines and I just don't see it. I don't ever see it happening. Not to, not to get off topic from the Browns, but like I wonder in like a couple years or like 10 years or something, or maybe we'll never figure it out. But I'm curious to see like what the if the Packers have some sort of like weird quarterback guru somewhere where they take a quarterback and they draft him <laughs> and then they go, they go, hey, you're just going to go hang out with this guy for like four years. And when you come back, you're going to be like the next quarterback savant or something like that. Because I mean, what Aaron Rodgers sat behind Bar for four years? Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers was also the dude in college. I mean, I mean, he was good in Cal. Like, I, I get that too. Yeah, like, so you knew he was somewhat pro ready. You know, the only even coming out, like, even out of this draft, Mac Jones is the only pro ready guy that that seemed to be 
ready to go out the gate. So I'll see if he even starts, but that's a different story completely. But back to Baker. <laughs> Baker was a pro-ready guy. He was ready yeah. day one, game one, to come out and to play. And, you know, I, I, I think that he's just improved every year, year after year, you know, and if the trajectory in which Baker is going continues to go up, the sky's the limit and if if they surround him with good talent and you know if if baker or some of the other players pull a brady and accept less money so they can get other guys and mm-hmm. don't become as selfish then like i said that that super bowl window just opens wider and wider and wider and wider and so for you saying just a couple years you know two or three year window could turn into you know a five to seven year window of the opportunity to to get these guys baker's only going to get better with experience He's got a good arm. He's got a good football IQ. You know, with Odell coming, you know, back, some people can say. I mean, the the, the statistics show that he does better without Odell on the on on the field. So, I think you know, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that's a different. No, and you know what? You you could be completely right. Like maybe maybe I'm being a little negative about it, and that's on me. I don't mean to be a negative. It's just, and maybe maybe Baker does like pull a Brady and he takes like, you know, five or 6 million less so they can go out there and, you know, get an extra piece or, or something like that. And and I'd be totally okay with that. You know, I, I just think that that offense that they're building, they don't need, you know what I mean? They don't really need an all-star quarterback. They don't need to pay, you know, top dollar quarterback money. They need to keep the, the two headed run game and they need to really have a good defense. And I just don't know if, if Baker doesn't decide to take less money, then I just don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But this kind of leads into that next topic. I mean, I know we've kind of been going back and forth what their window is, but, you know, kind of talking about the contract that Baker could get, what do you think that he has to do to kind of play himself into that contract? Or do you think he's already, you know, shown enough to get a big contract? And then how much do you think it'll be? Do you think it'll be, you know, record setting? Or do you think he'll just kind of be, average for what a quarterback should get paid at this i mean first off mayfield has not been pushy about getting a new new deal done which i think is nice on both sides of his side and and the brown side where he's not at least to our knowledge and not in the media and not you know through you know adam Schefter or anything like that that we know that he's pushing for this contract to be done i mean he was the number one pick overall he's obviously had ups and downs his career i think he's in maybe the 35 mil range and that would make him like i think fourth highest qb so it's it's not he's not getting you know premier the you know number one qb type money but that that 35 mil annually seems like a more logical step for them you know he's he's not the thing that cleveland and the browns has to think about is that he's He's galvanized and energized an entire city and he's gotten his team to believe in him. And I think most important, he, he believes in himself now and and the team believes in themselves and they believe that they can get there. And that kind of has to be rewarded. You know, when, if a guy were just to come in here and yeah, throw some good passes and, you know, get a decent record, but he doesn't, you know, what he's doing for the city of Cleveland for that, that one guy that, you know, God rest his soul, you know, passed away uh, cancer, but he always wanted to see an NFL game and, and Baker and his wife like did everything they could to get him to a game and got him signed jerseys and all that stuff. And, and just all this stuff that he's done for that city, it, that 
kind of has to be rewarded in itself. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I, I do agree from the moment when uh, we learned that the Browns had the first overall pick and that, that Baker could be going there and him being like, I want to be the guy that wins in Cleveland. I think that that was huge. I think that, I don't know if that was him being, you know, serious or that was just his ego talking, but, but just him by saying that, I, I think that, that that made him an instant star in the city without him even being drafted. And I don't know if he's played himself into like a top market contract yet, but I do think that by the Browns not extending him already, I think that they they might regret that a little bit because I think that if he has a big year and they make the AFC championship game again, then I think that they're going to have to pay him close to like 38 to $40 million a year. And because I, I do think I do think his value will be right around that $38.5 million a year, which I think will put him in, in that top five for quarterbacks per year mark. But like, if I'm him, like I said, I might even take, I might even be okay taking like 35, like you said, or 34, like just like maybe four or 5 million. That way they can go out and do something else with it. And I just don't think his ego is that big. I, I really don't. He's a, one thing that I've seen with, with, with him and with just how he holds himself is he's a baller. He loves the game of football. And he will do whatever it takes to win. And I think that, yeah, I really think that he's the type of guy that is gonna, he's not gonna take a drastically less money. I mean, he's gonna get what he deserves. He's got a, you know, his livelihood to, to think about. And I, and I get all that. And I'm not saying, but I just don't think he's that greedy to, to sit there and demand the highest of salaries and sit out. You know, obviously, we've, you know, football players have shown that it's not about the money with, with what Aaron Rodgers this offseason got offered a two-year extension that would have made him the highest you know, player in NFL history, mm-hmm. and he turned it down. So, you know, there are players out there that are not playing. There are players that are, and I completely see that. We see that day in and day out. But I just don't think Baker's that guy. And I think that he's they're going to work on a deal that's mutually beneficial to each other, and I think that that will allow them to extend Chubb and possibly get a few other guys and you know free free agent wise or you know extended you know miles garrett even more do whatever it takes to put these people in place to go down the road yeah i never i never understood why like fully guaranteed contracts weren't more of a thing that's done like like kirk cousins deal obviously i think that was like he got three years 87 million guaranteed or something like that and i mean when when you work that out that's only that's that's not even thirty million a year, you know what I mean? And I I maybe the Browns should go to him and be like, hey, you're worth like thirty eight and a half million dollars a year. We have one hundred percent believe that. We're one hundred percent ready to pay that. And obviously, we're going to give you thirty eight and a half for like five years, and probably a hundred and twenty of that's going to be you know, or hundred fifteen of that's going to be guaranteed. But like, if I'm them, I'd be like, hey, I know you like to win. We want to win. What if? We just did this for like the majority of your career that that you're here. What if we just did two to three year deals and we fully guarantee it? What number would you be comfortable signing on that? Because obviously we said 38 and a half. Would you be comfortable signing like a two year or a three year, $30 million a year guaranteed with obviously some pretty good incentives in it? And then that gives us some wiggle room to go out and get some talent and you know what I mean? I mean, it's fully guaranteed, even if he gets injured. I mean, I would take that. But the, and they can also defer some of the payments to 
you know, different their future salary cap years. So there are drastically um, massive amounts of ways in which they can finagle a good payday without giving it all up front and, and putting all their eggs in one basket right away. Yeah. I mean, because like Dax, Dax contract, they gave him like a $74 million signing bonus. So basically over like his first three years, I think the majority of his guaranteed money is because like first two years or whatever. And then like his first two years, I think are like pretty big per year average. But not to stay on the same topic for too long, <laughs> kind of going into our next topic. I do kind of want to get Greg's opinion on, you know, where... Where does he think that, you know, Baker and Burrow and Jackson will be in 10 years? You know, who's who's going to have the better career over the next 10 years? Where do you think we'll see them over the next 10 years? What's your predictions? I mean, just to put this out here, I'm a Patriots guy, so I have no affinity for the Browns or the Ravens or uh, the Bengals. And not to, you know, beat the, the, the dead horse in which we are, are talking about the Browns, but I, I honestly believe it's going to be Baker. I don't think Burrow... I'm basing this based just on st- statistics. Let me say that again. I'm basing this just on statistics. There you go. <laughs> we don't have enough information on Burrow yet to, to really give an accurate statement on what his abilities are going to be. And until he gets a good team behind him, it, it, I just, I don't see those numbers being up. And I honestly believe Lamar Jackson has shown his cards he was great that first year too. And defenses know how to how to work him now. And I, you you saw that last year how mm-hmm. he was really shut down from the year before, and would just wasn't able to make as much of an impact on the game as he did those those previous years. And I think, like I said, he showed in his cards. But I will show you the statistics on which I believe that Baker Mayfield is better. He has more yards than Jackson. Mayfield has thrown eleven thousand one hundred and fifteen yards. And rushed for another 437. It is to be noted, though, he also has six receiving yards. What it's worth, <laughs> six receiving <laughs> yards. Jackson doesn't have any. So that's a total of, do the math real quick, 11,558 combined yards. Jackson, on the other end, only has 9,991 yards combined, with 7,085 yards coming from the air. Mayfield also has more passing touchdowns than Jackson. It's not a big margin. Mayfield was 75, Lamar Jackson was 68. Because the total touchdowns are are on more Lamar Jackson's favor with 87 versus Baker's 79, but again that's pretty close close comparison. You know, eight eight different. So, like I said in the previous insert that that we were talking about, that I I do believe that Baker's trajectory is is only improved every year, year after year, and Lamar has showed his cards, and and I don't think that. I don't think that he's going to be a failure. And uh, I honestly believe that Lamar Jackson will be a Hall of Famer. It's, there's no denying that at all. I just think that when you put those numbers together side by side at the end of their careers, you're going to have a better career with Baker. And I do believe Baker's also Hall of Fame you know, caliber and the trajectory. I've used that word now seven times. will continue to rise, and he's just going to be an amazing guy. So that's where my eyes stand. <laughs> well, answering this question hurts a little bit for me because our quarterback situation in the next 10 years is kind of uncertain, but I will kind of <laughs> give my unbiased predictions for the rest of the division there. But I, I do agree with you that I think after 10 years, Baker is going to have the, the better career up to that point, just because I think if he can have Kevin Stefanski for those full 10 years, I think that he's going to have a really 
I do think that in those 10 years, I think Baker and the Browns make the playoffs at least six out of the 10 years, next 10 years. I think that they at least play in one Super Bowl. I think if they don't make it to one Super Bowl in those 10 years, I think that might be a fit. I don't know if they win it, but I think they play in at least. And then with Jackson, I think he's right on his heels. I think he's close. I think that he's determined enough. I think if he can develop better as a passer, but, and I, I think he has, I think if in the next 10 years, him and Harbaugh don't play in a Super Bowl either, I think that's a failure. But kind of looking organizationally, the Ravens have always been a little bit more sound. And I think they'll be able to put guys around him to help him out more. But I also kind of compare him to somebody that we've seen in the past. You know, I think that he's going to have a similar career trajectory as Cam Newton, but I think he'll be a little bit more athletic in that, in that regard. I think he'll have a little bit more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns than Cam Newton. And I just don't know about his durability. He is kind of a little bit more durable up to this point than a lot more of our mobile quarterbacks that we've seen in the past. He kind of reminds me a lot of Vic. And so Vic had a better arm than both of them, though. Yes, no. And Lamar and Lamar Jackson has a better arm than Cam Newton. Yes. So I, I think I think honestly, like Lamar Jackson right now for me is like right in the middle of Vic and Cam Newton. So if he can have a career in the middle of there, I, I still think, like you said, that that's that's probably a Hall of Fame career. And I, I think that he makes it to at least one Super Bowl. And again, I, I think that they they as a team, I think they make the the playoffs at least six times over the next 10 years. Now on to the Bengals. And again, I'm not really gonna get into stats because I'm kind of predicting the future, but I'm going to go organizationally. The Bengals are okay being me. They don't care. They always have been. That's just that's just the way that things go. And you know what? Everyone's like, oh, but they they spent in this offseason. And you know what? I will agree. I will agree. They did spend this offseason. They brought in some pieces. But whenever they spend, they spend, and it turns out bad. So I don't know. You know what I mean? I think I think Burrow is going to have the same career trajectory as Carson Palmer. I think when we're all when it's all said and done after this next 10 years, I think that they have made the playoffs maybe four times. I think three times is what they make the playoffs. I think they make they have one year where we're like, holy crap, the Bengals are like really good. They can make a really good push. And then it just comes crumbling down. And then I think either by year nine or after year 10, Burrow's out of there and he's on a new team. I don't think he's still there. And then I think the Bengals are gonna go through another couple year drop before they find their next quarterback that they mediocre win in the next 10 15 years you know what I mean which really sucks because I think Burrow has a lot of good talent and I really I really was hoping that that he would go somewhere that he could that he could win with but I I, I do think that unfortunately like I said that Bengals organization over its you know since 2000 maybe even the late 90s they've just been okay with with being okay They've been okay with getting their fans excited at the beginning of the season, filling the seats, and then putting together some wins, maybe coming close to make the playoffs, and then and then that's it. I mean, when I think of the Bengals, unfortunately, I think of the janitor that picks up all the garbage after the big game. That's just what I think of. I, I, it's just the first thing that came to mind, and I'm being completely honest. Like when I was just think, sitting here thinking, I was like, that that's what I see it. You know, picking up all the trash at the end of the game. And, I see Burrow being like a journeyman, but not even a long-term journeyman, like maybe a 10-year career, 12 max, where he plays for the Rams and he plays for Minnesota. And maybe he, you know, goes as a backup job at, at mm-hmm. the Giants. And, you know, I just, I don't see him. I just don't see it 
I mean, everybody else praised him to the hilt. I didn't see it in college. I mean, I think he did good at uh, where he was at in college, but he didn't he didn't wow me. You know, Baker wowed me in college. Lamar wowed me in college. Dak Prescott wowed me in college. You know, these elite quarterbacks that you see, you know, are are making. You know, even Brady, if you want to go all the way back, he had a fantastic college career. Tons mm-hmm. of come from behind bowl wins. You know, what people didn't see that that then, obviously, because he was picked, you know, 199 other people in front of him. But Well, to be fair, uh, you see Brady's combine. I don't care how good he was in college. That combine was awful. Like, especially back then, like, the, and I don't even care now. Like, the combine is so important to your draft stock. And if you go out there and you you look like so much worse than everybody else in every single category, and they're like everybody's like, holy crap, like, like, dude. Honestly, but and I might be completely off base, and and please comment that if I'm wrong. But I believe that a majority of the the NFL is full of second, third, fourth, and fifth round guys. A lot of these Heisman yeah. winners, a lot of these first round picks don't ever make it out of, you know, more than three or four years in the league. It's I mean, all about how bad you want it. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I think a lot of these guys that are, are middle of the round picks are the ones that are journeymen that, you know, have longer lasting careers than, than some of these, I think it's first round picks and number one picks even. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I, I definitely agree with you because I, I think a lot of these guys that, that kind of get stubbed and drafted later, you know, and they're kind of fringe roster guys. They, they kind of sat back and they developed a lot of these guys that win Heisman. They're just naturally talented, natural. And a lot of them kind of go off of that and they don't do it to develop it. And that's why they are in and out of the league or, you know, they get to their first payday and they, they don't perform. You know what I mean? You have guys like, you know, James Robinson with Jacksonville comes out of nowhere or you think he comes out of nowhere, but there's probably people that, that knew him that were like, yo, this dude's going to be good. Like, <laughs> and that's, that's just how it goes. And some of the best stories in, in sports, if you even really think about it, and some of the guys that do the best are guys that have snubbed at some point in time and been affected. You know, you look at Jordan, he 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 goes all the way back to like not being picked for the high school basketball team mm-hmm. and how that was a catalyst of him just training and learning, training and learning. Brady, again, and we just talked about it, but being sixth round, you know, pick some of these guys that get snubbed at some point in time in their career it galvanizes them to want to do better and want to work that much harder and train that much harder. And I just don't see going back to it. I just don't see Burrow. I don't know. I I disagree with that. I I do think that he's really talented. And like, like I said, I don't know if he's going to be like the most talented quarterback in the every single year, but like I, I think, I think his career trajectory is, is more Carson Palmer. I think, I think like when you talk about like floors and ceilings, you know what I mean, and, and to be com- and to be fair, it's a lot harder in football than maybe basketball to have a higher ceiling because football it's so much more really dependent on on your organization and team than it, than it might be in basketball. You know what I mean? At least in basketball, if it's just you on a team, you can kind of drag your team to where you want to drag them, depending on how good you are. I mean, we've seen LeBron James drag you know, a band aid, a bag of chips, and an old Coke can to the freaking finals. So I mean, <laughs> it was a diet coke can, by the way. Just so that you were... yeah. <laughs> so, but in football, it's so much harder. You know, you can't <laughs> you can't put a bunch of like high schoolers around you and drag them to the to the championship. That's just not how it works. 
So I, I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I think if Burrow can if, if Cincinnati is serious and they can continue to get better and put pieces around him, that'll be a dangerous for the next 10 years. But I just don't believe in the organization. And I never I I won't until I see it. And and that's just that's where I'm at. Anyway, to close off this AFC North kind of segment here before we transition to our sports report and double take segment. What do you think everybody's right? So we're talking the Browns, the Bengals, Ravens and Steelers. Yep. Ravens and Steelers. Uh, I'll go with the Bengals. I'm going to start off. I'm going to go low to high. I think that the Bengals 5 and 12 respectfully. I could be a little off, maybe 7 and 10, but 5 and 12 is what I think and, and realistically I'm going to look at. Yes, that's that does total seventeen because now they have seven. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to I had to think about that today when I was looking up this information. Uh, I think that the Steelers, I think they go twelve and five. I think that that's. Uh, I think they still have the pieces, and I think with the new running back, I I, I believe that it, it's plausible that they're going to get some good. What's the word I'm looking for? Good. Good scores out of him, I guess is the best way I could put it. I think that they're going to do a little bit better than what, and I know that makes you feel good. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Najee. <laughs> Najee Harris. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, thanks. I couldn't think of his name for some reason. So I was just said the new running back. I think the Ravens, maybe 10 and 7. Again, I, I do believe that Lamar's cards have been shown, and I just don't think that, I just don't think that they're going to be as good as, as they've been past years and then i think with the browns 12 and 5 uh, as well i think that we're going to see a repeat of last year in in the playoffs my prediction is that i think the browns probably come out ahead again make you happy i'm i am visibly but you know what all credit they won that game they were the better team they kicked our so i do agree with you with the Bengals though i do think they're right around five or six wins i don't think that they get any i would like to see them be around 500 you know what I mean? Right around that eight or nine win. I, I guess now we can't even have a 500 season. You can't have half a win anyway. Um, I, I do think they're right around that like seven to, you know, like seven win team. I, I just, uh, unless, unless Joe Burrow comes out, like I said, and he's able to light it up and he stays healthy and that team is a lot better than what we think it's going to be. But I, I do think they're right around seven wins. I agree with you that the, the Ravens are going to be that third team in that division but I think they're going to have 12 wins I think they're going to be tied with the Steelers I think they're both going to be 12 and 5 they're both going to be um, wild card teams and then I think that the I think the Browns win I think they win 13 or 14 games I don't think that I don't think they're going to win more than 40 but I think they have a possibility to win I think that they could win both games against the Bengals I think that they'll split the the season uh, they'll split the series with the the Ravens and the Steelers and then I think they have to play the Chiefs this year. That'll be a close game. They have a potential to win that game because the Chiefs' defense isn't really, like, all-world. And if they didn't upgrade their offensive line the way they should have with the Chiefs, then, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that Miles Garrett can get, can get to Mahomes. But, I mean, we've seen Mahomes throw when he's, like, freaking perpendicular to the ground. I don't Completely. Know. I mean, the guy's a magician with his ability to throw – they they tell quarterbacks to plant your feet and do all this and and don't throw off your, your front foot and this dude's doing Perrier's and whatever you want to ballet moves and six feet in the air and throwing touchdown passes it's just it's 
There's no denying Mahomes is, is just masterful when it comes to throwing that ball. So that that'll that'll be a good game to watch. But no, I like I said, Bengals, six or seven wins, Steelers and Ravens, 12 and 5, Browns, 13 or 14 wins. I think that's where we're at. I think they win the division. I think that they get a first round bye with the Chiefs. And then or no, it's only one team that gets a bye now. So they'll have to play a wild card round. But yeah, I think I think that's where they're at. I think that's pretty fair. Um, unless there's like something major that happens. But I do I do think the Steelers are going to be better than what people are giving them credit for. I think they kind of pulled that offense and changed it up a little bit. But so we are going to skip over our uh, NIL talk this episode. I do apologize, but that will be the first thing that we talk about in our next episode. Just didn't want this episode to run, you know, an hour and a half for you guys. <laughs> so yeah, man, we enjoy talking about this stuff, but <laughs> yes, but that will be our first topic within our next episode. There, kind of going over you know, the differences with like that as just to get into our sports report section here, the Reds, they are still second in the NL central. And since the last time that we talked, they have not been doing very well. So over the past week, they've been on a skid. They're about four and six and they are trying to turn that around. They're going to be playing St. Louis. I think it's going to be a three game series. And I believe that does actually start tomorrow or, you know, today when you're listening to this episode on the 23rd. So you can kind of catch that. And then the Indians, they're second in their division as well. But they've been about 500 over the past week. So they haven't really gained much ground on the White Sox in their division. And they're going to kind of hope to get some more wins against Tampa Bay, which they are playing right now as we record. It's the top of the 10th, and they're tied 4-4. So let's hope they can kind of squeak that out. And then, you know, they obviously will be playing tomorrow or today as you're listening the 23rd. And then with the crew, since the last time that we've met, they moved from 9th to 6th which is amazing. They haven't lost a game, but they have, um, they only have had one win. So again, they're tying a lot of games. They're not scoring a lot of goals. I think that kind of has to do with a lot of their better scores are kind of out on international duty. And it's just kind of hard for them to, to get that together. I did have the pleasure of watching a game um, yesterday and just kind of watching them. Their offense did look really stagnant. So Hopefully, once they get those guys back, they can kind of string together some work. Now, we're just going to kind of go into our segment called Double Take, and I'm going to let Greg take it off. For the- so, if you're listening, uh, let you know that I am 0 for 2. The Hawks did not make it to <laughs> past, and obviously, the Suns did not win in four. So, I'm going to got to go with that, and hopefully, the things that I'm going to say will be contradicted. And so... I believe that the USA is not going to win any gold medals in the next two weeks in the Olympics. Zero gold medals. Zero gold medals. And are you, I'm saying, are you just are you just saying that so that you hope it happens? Well, I've been wrong twice in a row with my predictions of what I think will happen. I've been completely wrong. So if I say this this way, it's going to happen. So just happen. I mean, okay. so so no gold medals for the USA in the next two weeks. That's my prediction. Yes. You know what? I, I like that. I think that's a good prediction. My prediction for the next two weeks, I think by the next time that we meet and talk and we go over our next sports report there, I think the crew move up the table more. I think that it seems like by playing a lot of these other guys, they're starting to gel a little bit better. And I really think their offense is going to start kicking. I think that they're going to string together some wins, get back into that championship mode and they'll be ready for the postseason. So that, that's that's kind of my my prediction. I think we'll move up the board at least another spot. And I think we'll have 
at least two wins by the next time that we all right, Greg, what's your one crazy thing that's happened to you, you've heard about, or that you saw this past couple of weeks? Well, it's a little self-serving, but the crazy thing that happened to me is that my little baby girl, Lily, turned one today. So we celebrated her birthday, and it's just been a crazy year, you know, of getting her to one. Uh, so I just wanted to wish her a happy birthday, Lily. Daddy loves you. Everybody, show some love for Lily. Wish her a happy birthday. Congratulations, Greg. Thank you. Well, Greg's. Lily turned one, and I know it's not the same thing, but I did become a dog dad this week, so I do have a puppy, <laughs> and he is crazy. He's kept me up a couple nights, but we've kind of got him sorted out, so if this if this episode was a little bit, you know, not the same energy, it's because I was tired. I think Greg's a little tired, <laughs> and but yeah, it's it's been pretty cool. He's super cute. He's like, he's already good on a leash. He knows how to ring the bell to go outside like he's super smart i'm pretty stoked what kind of breed is he uh he's a uh he's like a husky husky mix so he's super smart he kind of he kind of talks a little bit like a husky so that would be kind of fun to to play with and mess with but he like he loves to play and he loves to cuddle so you know great combination been trying to teach him how to play fetch he kind of does it for a couple times and it's distracting because he's a puppy he do, he, yeah he has puppy brain <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a lot like a toddler too <laughs> yeah so but yeah no congratulations to you and and lily and happy birthday this was an awesome episode i thank you greg i thank you guys for listening and as always we are ohio verse presented by deep dive sports we'll keep talking about ohio topics you guys keep listening until next time Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.